Hello, my name is Larry Lannon, the writer behind the local Fishers Indiana news blog, LarryInFishers.com. I started the blog in January of 2012, and it is still going. Four years after that, in 2016, I started the LarryInFishers.com podcast series featuring guests of local interest. That podcast is still going strong. Now, if you like the podcast and are listening on a platform such as iTunes, I'll just take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. It's time now for the latest LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm honored to have two great journalists, local journalists, on the podcast uh, uh, this week. Lindsay Ardotti is an editor for the Axios Local Operations. She, you may remember she worked for Indianapolis Business Journal. She is also... Uh, worked as an editor, editorial person at WFYI Radio. I'm also welcoming James Briggs, a reporter for Axios Local here in Indianapolis, in this Indianapolis area. And uh, uh, James is going to be a reporter. James is probably best known for writing a column for the Indianapolis Star for several years. So, Lindsay and James, welcome. Always, It's great to have both of you uh, on the same podcast. Thanks for having us. And yeah, thanks for letting us talk about Axios. And uh, there's a lot to, you know, I, when I think of Axios, I think of Jim Vanderheim, Mike Allen, those two national profile journalists who partnered up with some business people and started Axios years ago. It's now part of a very big company, and it's it's uh, branching out into, into local uh, journalism. So I'm going to ask uh, Lindsay to start the discussion because you've been uh, working for Axios for almost a year now. And uh, you've laid the groundwork for the Indianapolis operation for Axios. Explain where you kind of see the Indianapolis Axios operation fitting into the overall media culture and landscape in the indie area. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like the media landscape here is just constantly changing in terms of like what the existing outlets are offering readers and then in terms of the new outlets that keep popping up. Um, So every time I feel like I'm part of like some new thing, I feel like three other new things come about (laughs) at the same time. Um, But I'm really excited about Axios Indie because we try to be a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, You know, Mike Allen likes to say that we're the smart friend in your pocket kind of thing. And so, you know, our newsletter will cover a variety of topics, you know, with James's background and my background and Erica Heron as the other reporter for us and her background, you can expect that we'll have a lot of government and politics and education news and, and business news, but we'll also do, you know, fun lifestyle type stories, things to do in the community, concerts to go to, we'll have sports coverage, um, all sorts of things like that. So you'll have that mix uh, in the newsletter every morning, Monday through Friday of your hard news, um, but also kind of lighter, fun things that you might want to go talk to your friends about. Uh, and, And I don't really think that exists in the indie media market right now, that kind of big picture overall package. Um, you know, I, there are some things that come close to it, but I don't think what, what we do really exists yet. So I, I think we've got quite the opening here. 
Well, it's interesting because I do um, already subscribe to several Axios national newsletters, and uh, it's exactly what they produce uh, at the national level. You'll find some some really interesting, uh, you know, uh, stories about what's happening today, but they'll always put something in there at the end that's uh, sort of like use a lifestyle or, or fun stories. Let me bring James into this because, James, I, as I mentioned before, you were best known as an indie star columnist and never uh, afraid to express your opinion on a variety of subjects, which makes you a good columnist, of course. And I, what I always liked about you was when I, when I would read you in the star, I, I'd often agree with you, but even if I didn't, I, I was always impressed by the way you laid out your argument very, very well. Now, with Axios, I'm just curious, how do you uh, envision your role now? Yeah, that, so I think there will be a lot of similarities. I mean, I think some of the pieces you might be referring to uh, will not have any carryover into Axios. I'm not writing explicit opinion columns like I did at the Star, but much of what I did at the Star, even in those, uh, even in the most explicit columns, I would say, is I tried to be an analyst and I tried to show uh, how I drew my conclusions, uh, what I was looking at, how I got there, why the story mattered. And I I think those are essential components to Axios stories. Um, I it still, I haven't been at Axios that long. Most of my experience with the product is that of a news consumer. And I sort of got to know Axios as a product of the Trump area, uh, era, which was, you know, I, I as you know, I'm an Indianapolis journalist. But any given day during the Trump era, there are like six to eight to ten major stories going on at a time. And I, I didn't have enough time to follow all of that. And so I could either read, you know, all of those stories in the New York Times that would be 2,000 words each, or I could read the Axios version of the stories. And I loved that as a news consumer. I was a big fan of Axios from the beginning. Um, and I, I think applying that model to local news is a really great idea. And I think taking what I did at the Star, which was a very analytical focus and trying to explain why the news mattered to people and doing that for Axios is just a really exciting thing for me. Let me ask Lindsay a question about, uh, about that kind of relates to what James just said. You know, when you look at Axios, they have those stories that are sorry, kind of big picture stories about what's happening. But what I've noticed is if you subscribe to their email uh, subscription, that you will often get breaking news all the time. And they're pretty quick with it on the national level. Do you anticipate doing that locally? I think we'll do a little bit of it, but I think with such a small team, it, we're going to have to pick and choose our moments and and where it makes sense and the different storylines that we can stay on top of like that. You know, it'll just be James and Erica and myself here. So, uh, you know, we can't cover every single little thing super in depth and, and get out a ton of breaking news alerts. But, you know, we are all very well-sourced local journalists who who watch and pay attention to things. And so I think you could see that from us from, from time to time. Um, but I think what our bigger value will probably be is that um, morning analysis is kind of what James was, was getting at, uh, you know, looking at the why it matters, why this big news event that happened matters and giving readers like just that little bit of extra context that they might not have gotten from another news outlet yet. You know, James, both you and Lindsay come from the traditional kind of journalism. She worked for Indianapolis Business Journal and WFYI Public Radio. They've both been around for a long time. You work for the Indianapolis Star, a long institution in Indianapolis. You're delving into a different way of of, uh, the way people consume news. Why did you decide to 
take take yourself out of that traditional type of journalism and go into something like Axios? I'm not sure. I would say that it doesn't fit into that traditional mode. I think maybe the style is different. Uh, the Axios article style is um, obviously much different than anything you would see anywhere else um, with what we call axioms, uh, which uh, you know, Lindsay can describe better than I am. She has much more experience with them, but um, it, there, there is sort of a constrained style. Obviously, we're looking at brevity, smart brevity is the term that we use. So the word count is much shorter. The style is a little bit different. But in essence, the storytelling, I think, is similar. Um, newsletters uh, have really gone through sort of a renaissance the last several years, and that's our primary vehicle for publishing our content is sending out newsletters. So that's something that very much fits into what's happening in media right now. But um, I, I do think like the the inventive nature of the style of Axios of stories and the point of getting people smarter, faster um, and you know, news that fits on your smartphone screen. I think that is sort of what's different about Axios, but in a way that meets the audience needs. Um, I don't think uh, I, I don't think there's a, a novel style of information necessarily i think it's just getting news and information to people quicker um and in a way that the audience uh would like to have it i was around the time i was considering working for axios i was talking to a friend of mine and he was telling me you know i i really i, w- I want to be more engaged in news in indianapolis and this is someone who's busy he tries to be active in the community but he was sort of describing the problem to me like i just i can't look at every news site i can't watch TV news. Like I just don't have time for all of that. And that's the problem that we're here to solve. We're not necessarily existing in some, um, you know, alien sphere outside of the media ecosystem, but we're, we're trying to take what matters and all of that and present it to people in a way that they can consume it each morning in about three to four minutes. Um, and that will, that they can trust that we'll give the four or five most interesting things that they need to know on any given day and we'll deliver it to them. So, yeah, I think, I think stylistically it's a little bit different, but um, I I think we fit into that um, traditional media as well. You know, Lindsay, you, you sort of, uh, how should I say, you just kind of referred to this earlier that you have a three person staff yet you're going to do a daily newsletter. You know, it's been a long time since, uh, I've done journalism for a living, but I know that's not going to be an easy task. You're going to be working pretty hard for a while. Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, to kind of what James was just talking about, Axios uh, to me is a bunch of journalists who are really honest with themselves and realistic about what readers want. And so that's why our stories are shorter than most places. That's why we lean into smart aggregation is, is what we call it. Like we'll take kind of, you know, if it's not something that we can be at and in-depthly cover ourselves, we're going to look at three other outlets that covered it. And we're going to put something together based on that, giving them credit for it, linking out to them, and then putting a thought bubble on it or putting, you know, some sort of analysis on it that makes the reader feel like they've understand it and they are smarter for reading our version of it versus having to read, you know, the five other outlets and and how they covered it. And there might be one extra detail over here and that one outlet had and the other didn't Um, like, we're here to, to kind of distill all that for the reader. And so that's one way we're able to um, 
you know, kind of handle that workload. Like you're saying, it's, you know, five days a week, a daily newsletter. Um, the other things that we have the opportunity to lean into is our national coverage and the other um, departments in Axios that put together a lot of good information. We've got a stellar data viz team and illustrations team, and um, we've got a whole group that um, takes giant data sets and creates um, templates for us that that show us like what's happening in each of our cities. And we take that data and then work with that to put out a story. So it's a lot easier than like us having to go out, find the data and, and really start from scratch on our own. And to the national stories, you know, we can take something that maybe um, was in AM or PM about Mike Pence and flip the angle on it. So it's a little bit more local to people here, but doesn't require a whole lot of extra work on our end. So we've got a ton of different tools that we use to to balance that workload and, and make sure it's good. And then that also frees up James and Erica to dive into something that they are an expert on. And, and then we can have a really strong one big thing that they did all the original reporting on. Now, being the nosy reporter that I am, I did uh, look at some of the first stories you posted on your Axios Indianapolis website. And and here's what I found. I found James had a nice article about the Indianapolis Indians baseball team, minor league baseball team. You also wrote about the best coffee shops to attend if you're working. Uh, some of the best independent bookstores locally. And Erica had some a uh, couple of stories, one on great places to walk during the spring in Indianapolis and uh, and some short drive Airbnb suggestions uh, that are like easy to drive to from here. So James, uh, is that just your kind of opening salvo to have some fun or is this what you expect to be doing from now on? I think a little bit of both. Um, so we don't have a newsletter yet that launches uh, Monday. And so right now the content that we have up was intended to be a little bit more evergreen in nature. Um we haven't posted time sensitive news yet uh, because there wasn't really a vehicle to distribute it. Um, so you'll see that begin next week where uh, we will be publishing content like on the Indianapolis mayor's race on some other news items that we've been following leading up to our launch. But yeah, I mean, you'll also see, as uh, Lindsay mentioned earlier, some of that lifestyle stuff. I mean, some things that aren't on the site yet, but that I've been thinking about are, um, maybe some posts on like how to uh, spend a day in a particular neighborhood or a town. Like I spent some time in Columbus, Indiana and um, have sort of an idea in mind to map out like how you spend an ideal day in Columbus. Like that's something that uh, we'll post right alongside some, you know, breaking politics news or something. And that's kind of what uh, Axios is designed to be a mix of different types of uh, news and information Um that you need to know, but also are just interested in and that are just sort of helpful for thinking about how to live your life. I was going to say, I lived in Columbus, Indiana for four years. There was a lot of interesting stories there, to be sure. Uh, but that was part of what I was going to ask. Let me let, let uh, Lindsay chime in on this, because I was going to ask if you were going to zero in on the Indianapolis area, you know, statehouse news, that kind of thing. Or do you plan to to, to move out and, and do stories elsewhere in the state? I guess I've already got my answer to that question. I think we'll have a primary focus on Indianapolis for sure. I mean, we're going to be called Axios Indianapolis, right? So we have to have that that strong focus. But it'd be silly of us to ignore the surrounding areas that have such a huge impact on Indianapolis. And Indianapolis has an impact on the suburbs, right? So 
you know, you'll see coverage of uh, the Westfield and Carmel mayoral races that are coming up. Uh, the I believe the coffee shop one and the bookstore one, actually, both of those stories listed places that are outside of Indianapolis. Um, so it's not like we're we're turning a blind eye after you cross 465 and and not uh, acting like any of those other areas exist. Um, we we certainly will will be in those areas as well, just with a heavier focus on Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I want to ask uh, ask James about this because uh, I'm, you already sort of alluded to this that the Indianapolis mayor's race, and both of you mentioned this, you're going to eventually dive into that here in Fishers. We don't even have a mayor's race; nobody's running against the incumbent. But there are some interesting mayor's races in Carmel and and Westfield in that primary. So uh, you seem to be one who likes to delve into political news. Do you think you'll get your chance to do that at Axios? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to be blunt, I think it would have been a mistake for them to hire me if that wasn't uh, at least partially the intent. Uh, that was my area of expertise at the Star: politics, public policy, government, business. Those were the things that I focused on the most there, and I, I think those will still be focus areas for me at Axios too. Um, it, you know, including the suburbs, uh, as people love to point out. Um, I lived in Carmel for a while. Um, I live in Irvington neighborhood of Indianapolis now, but I still. Um, hear from a lot of people who have a lot of thoughts on Carmel, but I find Carmel very interesting. I find the the suburbs really interesting, and I think it's important to at least spend some time thinking about and writing about those places, too, and trying to form a full understanding of what's happening in central Indiana. So, yeah, I find the Westfield mayor's race really interesting. I find the Carmel mayor's race really interesting, and I've been up there talking to those candidates and uh, people about those races, and uh, those will be things that you'll see at Axios. Anything, James, while I've got you here, uh, just anything else you're working on? I know you don't want to give too much away, but anything you're working on, people should look at at, as you start. By the way, just so people know, we're recording this on April 13th. You never know when somebody's going to watch or listen to a podcast. Uh, So you're getting ready to to gear up for your daily newsletter. Uh, Just uh, anything you're working on that people should uh, be looking forward to? Um, I think right out of the gate, there will be some uh, economic development news. Uh, that's an area that I'm, I'm, I tend to be really interested in, um, real estate development, um, uh, sort of the intersection between those areas and politics. Uh, those are important. I mean, this, the state spends a lot of time trying to convince companies to move here. And I think it's worth always worth taking a look at that. And that's something that you'll see early on uh, next week. Um, and I, I think a lot of real estate coverage and business coverage, um, at least for me. And then uh, Erica has her own focus areas. She came from the Star, where she was covering the State House, so she's immersed in that world right now as they're in session over there. So I think you'll see a lot of coverage of uh, bills that are going through that process, especially in this final dash to the end of session. Yeah, and uh, Lindsay, it's interesting that uh, Erica did cover the state house, but she's also covered education. I've had her on a podcast in the past. I know Chalkbeat's a nonprofit that centers on education. Do you think you'll be covering that as well to any great extent? I think we will, given Erica's background, but we also hope to work with Chalkbeat and partner with them on things and try to elevate their work in our newsletter as well. You know, as I was saying earlier about our our smart aggregation style, you know, we rely on other outlets and the stuff that they're doing in addition to the reporting that the original reporting that we're doing. Um, And and again, I think that gets back to the point of 
Axios is journalists who are really honest with themselves and like knew we we can't do it all. We have to lean on other outlets sometimes and, you know, use some of their reporting with proper credit and and then give our smart take on things. Um, so, I, you know, hopefully maybe we'll we'll do some sort of um, story where we're working with Chalkbeat on the story. Um but certainly I would expect to see some of their stuff in our newsletter. One of the items that's in our newsletter every day is kind of a news roundup that is linking out to other publications and, and short little stories. We'll have like a sentence about what it is and, and the link for more info. Uh, and again, you just you don't see that very often in other news outlets. They're very driven to driving traffic to their own website and, you know, getting all attention on the, themselves versus serving the reader and what the reader needs and wants. Of course, you have to warn people about paywalls as well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and we do. Some of them, uh, you'll see like a little lockbox next to uh, some stories that indicates that there is a, a paywall. Well, that's interesting because um, I'm going to ask you to start with this, Lindsay, and I'm going to ask James to chime in on this because there have been a few startups locally. I mean, you've talked about uh, Chalkbeat's been around for a while. But Capital Chronicle is a fairly new operation out of the Statehouse. They are a nonprofit, and they pretty much let anybody use their material if you credit them. Uh, State Affairs is a new startup, and State Affairs is a subscription base where their money comes in uh, basically from from their subscribers. And uh, Axios, as I understand it, is an advertiser-supported operation. Is that going to be the case in uh, Indianapolis as well? Yeah, we get our revenue from a few different ways. Advertising is certainly part of that. Um, our content is free. The newsletter is free. But we do have a membership uh, option where you can become a member for, I think it's anywhere from $50 a year to $500 a year, you know, whatever you want to give to support our work. And with that, you get um, uh, four special members-only newsletters throughout the year, uh, some cities, and, and we could eventually do this as well, have members-only events. You get birthday shout-outs in the newsletter. So you get a little bit more for the fact that you're you know, giving money and contributing. So that's part of it as well. And we also have a pretty strong events business uh, that supports Axios across the board um, and hoping to you know, deploy that across our local cities as well. We'll be the 27th city that Axios Local has. And so some of our other ones are much more along the way of maturing and adding more reporters and getting into more of those like paid event type things. And, you know, someday we hope to be there too, but we're just, we're just focused on launching on Monday. <laughs> sure. That's one step at a time for sure. So James, I'm sure, as, although you're a journalist and a reporter here, uh, you have to obviously sign on to this. You feel that this business model has a future, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious thing I would say here is if you look at the the, the co-founders of Axios, they have a pretty good track record. Uh, Jim Vandehei and Mike Allen started Politico, a company that is still very strong, and they've started Axios now. That's uh, six, seven years running. I forget the exact age um, right now, but uh, starting a media company is extremely hard. Most don't uh, do well. Um, and most legacy media companies are not doing particularly well right now. But the co-founders of Axios have created two digital media companies that are doing very well. And that's just an, an incredibly hard thing to do. So I 
come to Axios with a lot of trust uh, for the co-founders and the people uh, at the top of this company who are making those decisions. Um, you know, if they if they say uh, advertising is uh, a good model, then uh, I have to trust that, um, even though I'm not an expert in that. In fact, I come from a very different model um, entirely now from the star where everything I wrote was behind the paywall. Um, that wasn't the case for everyone. Uh, there's That was sort of part of a mixed strategy that Gannett and some other companies are experimenting with where you do a mix. Some things are outside of paywall. Some things um, are behind a paywall. But as a columnist, my entire job was to write content that convinced people to pull out their credit card and give us their information. And uh, that was a that was a much different uh, relationship that I had with an audience there because I really had to build trust over time. Um, one thing, if you if you work in digital media space at all doing anything, you, you're uh, bound to get accused of doing clickbait. But when you're writing entirely behind a paywall, you, you don't do clickbait. People don't pay for clickbait. So that was uh, that was a good experience for me to try to find the types of content that people would trust and that they would uh, be loyal readers to come back and serve uh, to uh, to keep that subscription. Um, and I'm excited to sort of carry that over, hopefully, to a much larger audience with Axios, because when you don't have a paywall, um, it's just obviously you have many more people who will click and find your things and um, not, you know, not get turned away for various reasons. So I, I think... You know, I, I love all models that are you know trying to find success in this world. It's very complicated. It's very hard. It is not. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone has like a magic answer right now as to what works in media and how to build a successful business. But there are two guys at the top of Axios who have a very good track record, and I put a lot of trust in that. Well, okay. and they're not afraid to experiment either. And so I would just say that, you know, uh, it wasn't that long ago that they started doing Axios Pro, which is our paid newsletter. So we do have some paid newsletters um, that are really like kind of in the weeds on several different topics for the people who want that. And that seems to have been going really well. And they just, I, I don't know, they're open to to really any ideas that are going to make this company continue to to do really well. And they're really flexible in terms of, pivoting and, and, and going after those things. Okay. Here's the big, I, I th- I'm, go ahead, uh, sorry, James, one, one thing I want to add too on that is I think, I think this is important when considering the advertising based model of Axios. I think that Axios is built with much more respect for both the advertiser and the reader than a lot of media companies. For instance, when you look at our website, you don't have videos chasing you around the page. You don't have things flashing at you. And so I think, um, I think there's a little bit of a difference between the way Axios deploys advertising as a primary base of revenue and the way other companies have done that. And that's something I really appreciate as a user and now as someone who works for Axios. I just think there's a real high degree of respect uh, for for everyone involved in that experience. Okay, here's the big question for Lindsay. I'll start with this. How does someone find you and how does somebody uh, subscribe to your newsletter? Yeah, so you can find us. I'm going to make sure I say it right. Axios.com slash local slash Indianapolis. That will take you to a page that has the current stories we've published so far and also has a big sign up uh, banner at the top. So please uh, subscribe. It will be fantastic journalism Monday through Friday. And I'm, I'm so excited to get started with it. Well, Lindsay, I'm very familiar with your work, uh, Erica's work. I know Erica and and uh, James. I certainly followed uh, your work uh, for for quite a while, so I'm very familiar with what you have uh, been done, what you have done in the past. 
I'm going to ask each of you just to spend over. James, just, uh, I just tried to ask any question that came to my mind. Uh, anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, just what you were alluding to. I think this is a fantastic team to start out with. Uh, you mentioned earlier we're going to be producing a lot of content with just three people, but uh, I think it's three really good people. Uh, Lindsay's been at Axios the longest, as you said, about a year um, I was a huge fan of hers at the IBJ um, at WFYI. I mean, I used to reach out to her and ask her for help with things when we were um, ostensibly competitors because I just value her insight and her intelligence in the media space. She's just really, really smart and really, really good at what she does. Erica, I worked with for a long time at the Star. She's outstanding and um, I'm just really, really excited to start a new venture in Indianapolis with these two people. And I think it's going to be a great team and a great product. Uh, Lindsay, your chance to add anything at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, James. <laughs> um, I was uh, really excited with the team that we put together here. You know, like we've talked about, there are all these other outlets that were getting started. And it made me a little nervous in terms of, you know, who we were going to get to apply and who we were going to be able to hire for our team, especially with such a small team. I think it's so important to have journalists who understand the city really well, have strong reputations in the cities they're in, and have a balance um, in terms of what they both want to cover and, um, you know, ideally have a good relationship with each other going into this, because this is, you know, you work very closely when you're such a, a small team. And I could not be happier with how the hiring turned out and having James and Erica, who just are both stellar local journalists um, in everything that they do. And I want to thank very much Lindsay Ardoti, the editor for Indianapolis uh, for Axios, and James Briggs, a reporter for Axios Indianapolis. Erica Heron is the third uh, reporter, who, or the third person, reporter, if you will, who will be working for Axios Indianapolis. Looking forward to seeing uh, the content you will produce. It is available for free. The newsletter is free, and the website is available for free with no paywalls. So, Lindsay Ardoti and uh, James Briggs, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed my conversation with you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you'd like to comment on my blog, please do so with any suggestions. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind.